Blog Talk Radio. DC Sports. The Final Cut. Welcome back to another episode of DC Sports, the final cut. It's myself, Mr. DC Sports Senior, back with my man Chris Worthy and my other guy, Dom O'Ro. What's up with y'all fellas? Nothing much, yo, man. Yo. Nothing much. Nothing much. What's going on, child, fellas? Uh, it's going, man. It's going. It's going. <laughs> right. Taking some lumps and keep it going. Hey, you, you you hear that, Chris? Man, me and you both just sighed at the same time. I mean, that's just that's the type of week it's just been, man. You know, that Monday night drama. You know, we just we stunk up the joint on Monday, man. It, it was embarrassing. Yeah, man. Yeah, man yeah, let me yeah. just, let me tell you something. You know, when it's a win, everybody's all feeling good about themselves, and we come in here on this pod mm-hmm. feeling good and being all optimistic, it's, you know, I'm not going to say it's easy coming up in here and talking about how we stuck up the journal on a national level. And, uh, right. but we're going to, we're going to, we're going we gonna to weather the storm. You know what I'm saying? We, we, we're going to all speak our mind and get a lot of stuff off our chest and start trying to at least formulate some of these answers to a lot of questions that's going in now with this short week going against Carolina. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And Carolina is a team that we have struggled against in recent uh, memory. Actually, we have lost the last five games to Carolina. So, I mean, things don't get any easier after that uh, Monday night debacle. But at all, going back there, man, <laughs> it, it was just uh-huh. the first play of the game. You just you just knew what uh-huh. type of night it was going to be. That first play, well, I don't know if it was the first or second play, but Adrian Peterson just just completely wiped out. And then you just hear the fans going, and you just see, you like know, the, the gas, you know, like the breath was kicking out of it. Exactly. And then it just was all down here from there with the Drew Brees slurp fest from there on ESPN. It was, oh, I don't man. know, man. <laughs> and, and before we go any further, man, that's what, that's what really bothered me. I mean, I'm not going to – it bothered me personally. I didn't really have a problem with it because he's a legend, of course, but you turned on TV, and it was like you wouldn't even know they was playing them Redskins. It was just Drew Brees, Drew Brees, Drew Brees. Oh, Drew Brees is this close. He has a touchdown record. He can break. Oh, passing yards. Oh, but they play the Redskins. It was like, come on. And then the penalties. And I know I know, we made a lot of bonehead mistakes. We did, but it was just sad. That that whole that whole game was, was sideways. It was like Drew Brees slurp fest, like you said. I'm gonna name that game is, is Brees slurp fest. And but the thing that made it so bad, Damo, is that we rolled out the red carpet for him too. Just like ESPN had we the did. red carpet laid out for him, that our defense rolled out the red carpet for him. We couldn't have made <laughs> things easier for a guy that don't need things to be easier. You know, you. I mean, Drew Brees it does his thing regardless. You know. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. And then what made it worse is our own head coach before the game goes up to him and congratulates him and all of this stuff. Like, come on, we about to go to war. <laughs> if we about to go to war, I need George Washington to be ready to put this work in. You hear me? I don't need no, oh, we're going to the other side. And, oh, I hope you all do good. Or congratulations on this is your 300th battle. Come on, man. We're going to war, literally. Save that for after the game. Yep. But I know y'all exactly. we're gonna touch on that a little later. You got Jay Gruden. Yeah, no, we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about that intro. We're we're gonna talk about that pregame <laughs> warm up right now because uh-huh. in my too. mind that set the tone. I, I said it was not pre- going to pre- do pre- this. Pre- pre- uh-huh. I said it was not. Look, you the head coach of the team. You knew going into this right. thing for two weeks that they was going to hype this up for Drew Brees. I'm not taking anything away from that man. Nothing mm-hmm. at all. You know, mm-hmm. You know. congratulations. Let, let, let's just get the formalities out. Congratulations, Drew Brees, on breaking that record in dramatic fashion. 
using us as the JV team. All right, now I got that to the side. I don't want to see my head coach walking over to this man in pregame warm-up, shaking him and saying congratulations. I heard it and saw it on the TV before kickoff. How are you going to congratulate this man? He didn't accumulate those 200 yards yet, nor did he throw for 500 before you walked up to this man to tell him that. That makes no sense to me. Like you said, Domo, say it after the fact. Go out there. I'm, I'm a player, okay? I don't. Yeah, yeah, okay. Let me just be so and so. Let me just be whoever. I'm making millions of dollars, and you know the the NFL is taking care of me, and you know because I'm making these millions, I'm supposed to show up to work and everything, and it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm not supposed to have the coaches needing to be yelling in my face to do something. I'm supposed to be doing this on my own. Uh-huh. But we always fall into this. Um, this office mentality, like if you, if my, if this was my boss, I would blow up, fill in the blank. If my right. boss walked over to our competitor and said congratulations on something that we haven't even gotten yet, what do I look like if I'm on the sideline stretching and warming up? You think I'm gonna be motivated? It, we should have had it. We should have had that underdog. The world is against us mentality going into this game. Mm-hmm. We didn't see it, and that to me set the tone. People watch. So to see my head coach go over there and do that made no sense to me. Now, okay, the refs. Yes, the the refs was really waiting for Breeze to hurry up and make this record happen so they can roll his family out there and they can give him a laminated card saying you made X amount of yards. We saw all of that. I was yelling at the TV, delay games and holding blah, blah, blah. But still. You don't give that man the ammunition to destroy you. We had them exactly. dead to rights on two crucial oh, third downs. Can you say that one more time? You don't give what? You don't give this man ammunition to air you out. Destroy you. Why? I love that. You, you just don't do that. You had them dead to rights on two crucial third downs. And because of the yep. undisciplined, nonchalant mindset you got up in here, or you walked in saying, well, look, this man going to make his money, going to make his yards anyway. Let me just do just enough. And I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a mind reader, but I'm just looking at what I saw. And what I saw was undisciplined stuff. The first flag, okay, get your mind right. But not, you, you don't stop. You, you don't let this dude just run up and down the field. I don't care if we're in New Orleans. I don't. Agreed. <sighs> Definitely agree. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, shot you just gave him the bullets for it. Yeah, no, and Chris is a hundred percent right because I like Monte Nicholson. You know, I, yeah, I'm happy with the defensive backfield as a whole unit for the most part. But when he did that, I was ready to bench his ass. It, it just made no sense at that point in the game, and he I seen it when it happened. Like I, I when before the flag was thrown, I said, "Monte, what the hell are you doing?" The play mm-hmm. is over. We just made a big play, big play. We finally got a sack. Finally got Kerrigan to get a sack, and you're still fighting, and you're throwing this last shove to the ground, knowing that gets seen right in front of the referee. And then I just, I just knew New Orleans was going to score right after that, and they did. They did, and that at that point to me the game was over because we just we just get, like Chris said we gave them the ammunition that they didn't need, and this game for the most part is all about momentum, and we haven't shown yet as a team that we can bounce back when momentum is against us, and as soon as that momentum right. went against us. I mean, we we just we just rolled down the slide. We just kept letting it roll. We we did not know mm-hmm. what to do after we shot ourselves in the foot, and we did that more than one. It wasn't just Monte. I don't want to just single my Monte out, even though what Monte did was you know incredibly dumb, but very dumb. Josh Norman made you know boneheaded plays. Um, Pernell McPhee. That I was gonna say. I think that was right oh, before man. that happened. <laughs> this oh, guy man. light jogging. To a fumble, no sense of oh, urgency. Man. I mean, and that, that's a reflection too. Back to the coaching staff, like you come out 15 days after a bye week, and 
No one is playing with a sense of urgency. And they were saying, even the ESPN commentators were saying it all night. You don't see this sense of urgency from the Redskins. And that's where it hurt me the most watching that game. And and sense of urgency, that's what it is. And, it, you know, a fish stinks from the head down. Brad Smoot said that. A fish stinks from the head down. So it starts from the top. So that top is I'm, it's not Doug Williams. It's not Bruce Allen. They're doing their jobs. It starts with the head coach. Your guy, you are the leader of these guys. You are the leader of your troops. They take on your personality. You think if we would have had Bill, if we would have had any Bill that's ever coached, Bill Parcells, Bill Belichick, Bill Bill Shiskebob, whoever, they, they would have came out like that? No, they would have had their troops ready to go. There's no going up to Drew Brees beforehand. There's, we had two weeks to prepare, plus the extra day because we're on Monday night. And we didn't get the we did not get the job done. Now Pernell McPhee, oh man, I don't know I don't know what the hell he was thinking. And, and this and this is where I want to go. I don't want to bring you know Gillette back up, but you as a coach, man, you got to put that ego aside. This guy wants to play football. I guarantee you would have had Gillette on that field. He wants to play for us. Now I can see if this is a random player. We we didn't pick him up. Oh well, he's a random player. But this guy wants to play for the Redskins. He wants to be a Washington Redskins. You need guys that want that fire because obviously, as a head coach, you are not firing your guys up like you should be. So why not bring a guy to into the program who has that fire already? I guarantee you, he would have dove on that football. That 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 ball was on the ground for yep. like for how long? I'm, oh, my gosh. It was on the ground for like 24 hours. It's still on the Man, ground right Church, now. Man, Chariots of Fire was playing as soon as that ball hit the ground. <laughs> Chariots of Fire was playing in the background. Everybody just went in slow motion. That mess was on. The bad thing about it is Mark Ingram recovered the fumble with 300-plus pound Deron Payne laying on him. Deron Payne was laying exactly. on him for, for like a minute. <laughs> and he was able to somehow wiggle from under that and recover his own fumble. That that just uh, I was desire, cool. man, <laughs> desire, desire. Them dude was up like thirty points, and they were still acting like it was like zero zero in the fourth quarter. It's all about the desire, man. That's that, all. That, that, you uh, gotta uh, want it. You have got to want it. At the end of the day. Now it's not all on the coach, of course. You know the players are out there; they gotta play. Yeah, absolutely. But really, absolutely, I don't know what's going on with them, man. That, that, I was disappointed, honestly. It was like the game from two years ago. What no? What year was that when RG three was the quarterback? In those last like six games, I didn't even. I tuned off. I turned those games off. Like it would be on my TV, and I would stop watching by like mid third quarter, and it was like I was not interested in the Redskins football. That's kind of the feeling I got last night. I mean, that, that, during that game, it was like the end of the second quarter. I was like, I'm not even into this because it didn't seem like they were into it. So, And they wonder yeah. why our stadium is looking like that. Did you hear the Saints stadium? And people say fans don't have an impact. They were rocking. They yeah. were rocking. All night. All night. Would be like that. Yes, all yeah. night. I'm telling you. And that's what I was talking about when I was in New Orleans this summer. Talking to mm-hmm. people down there, I didn't meet one person that wasn't a Saints fan. All the locals I talked to, everyone was a Saints fan. And I mentioned to mm-hmm. them back home, I said, back home, we have lots of Cowboys and Eagles fans around. And they were like, what? How did that happen? They said, where do we get them down here with, you know, the locals? They said, oh, the locals, we love our Saints. And mo- I-, I talked to a lot of people down there, and they were Saints heavy. But here, it's not like that. I mean, it's a transient city city here, I mean, which can't be expected. But a yeah. lot of us Melt are locals <laughs> that love the Cowboys. I mean, it's just crazy, you know. But uh, you know, I have theory, I have we don't make it any better. A lot of those, a lot of those guys, a lot of the, all these Cowboy fans, not to get on top of all these Cowboy fans, you know, this is what happened. They grew up in a household full of Redskins, and they wanted to be yep. Judases. Different. They wanted yep. to be Judases for the box. They wanted to be different. So they said, oh, <laughs> Uh-huh. Guys, my whole family Redskins fan, so I'm gonna just be a Cowboy fan. I have a big theory <laughs> on that. I believe I'm correct. No, no, but... and you, you, you are probably right, Damo, because I have an uncle that grew up in an all Redskins family. He's a Cowboys fan, and then my sister. They wanted attention. She grew up in the household. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my sister grew up in a household full of Redskins fan. She's a Cowboy fan. Yeah, you know, just but it was just yeah, to be yeah. a contrarian, you know, just to say, hey, yeah. you know, they're they're rooting for this. I want to root for this, you know, and, and that, mm-hmm. a lot of them are <laughs> like that. 
you know, you'll see them up at Buffalo Wild Wings and Bowie sitting up there watching a red game <laughs> game and don't even know when the Cowboys play. <laughs> exactly. Dude, they, 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 they know more about us than them. Thank you, man. Thank you. They they come to train the camp and the games. Uh, they, yeah, they ain't even playing it. We be playing the AFC team and a dude and the dude in the cowboy jersey show up. Like, why are you it here? Probably a starter jersey too. Probably nineteen ninety five Smith jersey. But a starter jersey. <laughs> man, but no, I, I mean, I, yeah, uh, like Damo said, we 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 have to start taking things serious. And and to me, and this is something I wanted to bring up, and what we we're gonna get into is. This is where you start looking at Jay Gruden. And like yeah. you said, it's not all yeah. on coaching, but at the same time, the team can be a reflection of you. And with Jay Gruden, I, I want to like him. I want to embrace him. And, of course, because that means my team is going well. But at the end of the day, if we are still sitting here talking about the same problems and issues from year one now to year five, yeah. Now we're starting to talk about this seat is going to start getting warm if it's not warm already. You know, we're, we're talking about coming out of a bye week, yeah, lack, lack of urgency, you know, and you just look completely unprepared, undisciplined, and that's inexcusable in year five. It's inexcusable in year three. But this is year five, and we're still talking about the same things. And it's a trickle-down effect. So you just got to wonder at this point, how how hot or warm is Jay Gruden's seat getting? And it better be hot, and it better not be Dan Snyder. Better not have this this Jason Garrett relationship with him, because I'm I'm I just want to see us win. Like I just want I don't care about nothing else. I don't care about anything. I just want to see us win. And what really what, what do you guys think about you know the the, the benching of Josh Norman? Because soon as they bench him. Greg Stroman gave up two consecutive completions, two consecutive. Now, Josh Norman, the, he, he, it seems like he was not as focused as he should have. I know one of you all are going to bring this up soon, so I'm not going to touch on it heavily, but, you know, he gave up a crazy pass. He played, he was in the zone, and he gave up, he committed to the, to the, to the, um, to the running back. He committed to his route, and he let the guy behind him just roam free, butt naked down the sideline. We got bits for Greg Strowman, and we seen what happened. Yeah, so that could that could maybe be on Jay Gruden as well, man. He has to do something, scheme up, scheme us up another way. I don't know. I don't, I can't even pinpoint it exactly, but it's something missing. Well, and Chris, you want to tackle that right there? Uh, yeah, <sighs> yeah. Because you know is. Chris gonna go in when he hit when he, whenever Chris begins with the with the side you know <laughs> he's about to go in. You know yeah. it. <laughs> this, this this Jekyll and Hyde shit with the defense and, and with the offense, uh-huh. but we 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 we'll tackle this defense right now. No pun intended. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on with these guys. I don't know why. I see these guys get on Twitter. They 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 get hyped. They 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 want the passion from the fans. The fans give it to them. They say, "Hey, we want to shut down Drew." All this other stuff, and then they get out there and they don't talk amongst themselves. I see too many uh, fingers being pointed. Like people don't know what's going on with the formations before the snap. I, I, I see people looking at each other. I see people waiting for someone to say, "You go here. You go here." I don't see nobody going up through the line of scrimmage. Tapping Allen or Payne or Io, whoever tell them to shift to the left or right. There's a big disconnect, and there's a lot of miscommunication. There should not be so many wide open people in man coverage or press or cover three or zone. It doesn't make any sense to me. Again, you're saying, "Hey Drew, hey Mr. Breeze, I know you're going to break records. I know they got the ticker tape parade on the sideline waiting for you, but here, here's this big ass two by four with this nail in it. Can you whack me over the head? Because I'm, I'm going to just let you go past me, knock me out, let you do your thing. I don't understand why they're not communicating. I don't know if – now, the reports are out that Josh Norman was kind of freelancing in certain plays, which caused mistakes and miscommunications because the safety thought he was supposed to be covering the, the wire come out while someone is spying in the back so Breeze don't, I don't know, do anything. Maybe they was worried about a, a running back. No one's talking to each other back there. And then – that leads questions to the media. Media speculates what they want, and then next thing you know, we all looking at each other like, "Oh man, this is a disaster." 
I don't I don't understand. I, I don't understand where the disconnect is because everybody seemed like they're on the same page two weeks before. And you got us thinking, okay, you guys are turning this corner. You got your line straight. You got these weeks to prepare. And then you come out here, no one mm-hmm. says anything to anybody, or there's this miscommunication right. and someone's just doing their own thing. Uh, stop embarrassing me as a fan on primetime. Just stop. Oh, man. You know, yes, Daniel, throw some of that money over to to, uh, to Goodell and say, hey, man, just put us on <laughs> on 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock. Don't put us on <laughs> Sunday night, uh, Monday night, or Thursday night. Because every time we show up and there's some spotlights, man, it, it's, it, it makes no sense to me why these guys don't get up. If I can get up for a prime time, why aren't the players and the coaches getting up? Where mm-hmm. is the preparation? Every year after you. year after year after year after year. I said that five times for a reason. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense to me. And, you know, I, I think I'm an average football IQ person. I think I know what I'm seeing. Or, you know, if I don't, I go and research. But none of this stuff is making sense. And when I ain't got nothing to say, we got a problem. Right. <laughs> And I promise you, the one thing that did stand out from me, from a Redskins standpoint, a culture standpoint, is the young guys are stepping up and they're showing leadership. What really made me smile after the game, I seen a clip of Jonathan Ireland on the sideline. So Preach on it, sir. And that was a good thing to see because that's, it shows that it's not the same as that way. Because, okay, yeah, we lost, and they're young, so they're going to learn from it. But we have young players that we've drafted that are showing they are going to step up and be the leaders. If if I had fifty two John Islands on my team, oh my God, and Deron Payne's, and they're gonna they're up front, so we're we're doing something right. We're going in the right direction somehow. Because that was that might have been the the best thing I took from this past game was the emergence of Jonathan Island. Now they probably have been seeing it, but to see that fire, to see him coaching up Monte Nicholson after he made that bonehead mistake. You know, after the game, he said, no, I didn't bash Monte Nicholson. I told him to keep his head up and we're going to move on to the next play because he already know he fucked up. He already know he messed up. So why bash the man? No. And then after the game, you see him on the sideline just giving his teammates everything he has, just talking like he comes from a winning culture. So that's going to rub off on the guys. And that was my favorite takeaway from the game, number 93. Yes, I mean, completely. I mean, that's why you see the trend of Redskins drafting those Alabama guys. They come from a winning culture, and Nick Saban doesn't play that crap. You think somebody's going to pull that crap that Monte Nicholson pulled up at Alabama? No, that's not happening. So Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne, um, Ryan Anderson, Sean Dion Hamilton, those guys aren't used to seeing that. They, they come from a disciplined winning culture that accepts nothing less. So – that's what you want to see those guys bring here. So I love seeing Jonathan Allen be vocal about it and just being on his teammates, you know, holding them accountable, you know. And the whole Josh Norman, Jake Rudin thing, I guess it was a mixture of Josh's gambling and also something must have happened at halftime, the way those two kind of said what they said during their little press conferences. But I don't fault Greg Strowman too much. I mean, he was just putting – I mean, you got to come in and succeed, but – I just don't think he was ready. He just simply wasn't ready, and he had to be pretty much step into that part, you know, as a rookie in this situation where we were already getting just completely embarrassed anyway. But that's where the disconnect comes from with not not only, like I said, with Jay Gruden, the trickle-down effect, it goes to the defensive coach. It just goes to your coaching staff, your players. And Minuski, my problem with this is why – why aren't we being aggressive? Why why are we letting teams dictate their will on the field to us? It, it, it just pissed me off. It wasn't just Minuski, it's Gruden as a whole. And this is why I said Sean Payton coached circles around him. You look at what New Orleans was doing on offense. Everything they were doing on offense was confusing the hell out of our defense. So that means they're confusing the players, they're confusing the coach, and no one has a clue on how to 
check these bubble screens, these swing screens, these little every screen pass or little pass that sinks through. No one was within five yards of these guys. Everyone was confused. And Drew Brees, did we even try to make him uncomfortable? I mean, we already talked about in past games how the edge rushers are not getting home. Yeah, I mean, they get these pressure statistics, but that doesn't matter to me at some point. At some point, results matter, and we want to see you get home. And no one even made Drew Brees uncomfortable that whole game. He had all day to throw. We were rushing, what, four guys? Even when we tried to send five guys, it made no difference. And he didn't even pretend like he wanted to throw some exotic looks, you know, some stunts or whatever at these guys. And he was just sitting there just pretty much taking it. He was just letting them do what they wanted to do. And on the other other side of the ball, yeah, take it. And on the other Mm -hmm. side of the ball, on offense, everything we did, they had a guy right in our face, no matter what we did. It was They made Alex Smith uncomfortable all night. We tried screen passes. Chris Thompson's getting shoestring tackled as soon as he touched the ball. I mean, it, it, and we were and, just doing Dre, basic things. And yeah. Dre, I got one thing. Loud. Look, Marshawn Lattimore, he ended up going out the game, right? Now, he ended up going out the game off of an injury. But then we end up taking our number one cornerback out of the game. And you know what Drew Brees and and Sean Payton and them did? They attacked. They attacked that weakness. Marshawn Lattimore went out the game, and I don't believe we attacked. After that Paul Richardson catch, I don't think we attacked any of those guys. The corners were comfortable. They were comfortable. And this NFL in 2018 is made for the offense. And we didn't even take advantage of that. And that's on a coaching staff. I don't want to keep going on a coaching staff. But God damn, if it's stink, it's stink. Attack. We did not. You have to exactly. attack. We were, adamant, we were adamant in that game on trying to do the same stuff that wasn't working all game versus, all right, let's adjust, let's do this, let's try oh, to confuse yeah. you all this here. We didn't try to confuse them. We didn't attack those weaknesses. And everyone knows that their defensive backfield is suspect. We weren't attacking that. Exactly. We didn't try to attack till Very. late in the game when they start throwing deep the crowd in, Mo, Mo Harris. But that was there. That was that's some that's some things you need to attack early, and and that's part of the reason why I have a little bit more empathy for the outside receivers when people say you have to produce. Well, you have to give these guys chances to produce, and we haven't been mm-hmm. doing that. You see, Terrell, you know, he had a crazy catch with the Jets. He's looking pretty good. Yeah. and and it's like, oh man, it's so much. Like when Jay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this one thing, and then I'm gonna let you guys kind of finish, but. Jay Gruden, he's so stuck into his offense and how he does things. Now, you notice, when we win football games this year, when we showed our identity, it was ground and pound. It was run by that O-line. It was Adrian Peterson. We weren't featuring Chris Thompson. Chris Thompson was the was the add-on. He was that thunder to the lightning or the lightning to the thunder, whatever way you want to put it. He wasn't the main call. When we were started the game running with AP, used AP, we looked good. But then when Jay Gruden tries to get into his offensive system, maybe he was caught up in Monday Night Lights showing off his offense, so we want to keep rushing and we running Chris Thompson up the gut and doing all this unnecessary stuff instead of just playing football. You got Adrian goddamn Peterson. He only had, what, four rushes? Come on now. He's too busy trying to look pretty. And Chris Thompson is cool, one of my favorite players on the team, but – we running him up the gut and keep featuring him where, no, we need to play football. It starts with the running game. They're not going to respect our pass of the game if we don't make them respect our running game first. AP, that was our identity. When we won this year, we haven't had an identity since probably Clinton Portis and Santana Moss and, and those guys. And we sold an identity this year. We're going to pound you. We're going to run you up with our O-line. And we gonna, AP going to get them touches. This game, he had, what, four carries? Come on now. When Jay Gruden tries to look too pretty and be Jay Gruden, that's when we fail, and that's a big sign. That's a sign that he – I don't think he's it for us. I'm sorry. We need a coach that knows football, not worried about trying to show off your offense. No, we let Sean McDang on Vago, and we left with this guy. And I'm mad. See, and, and, I'm sick of that. And the playoff of that, Domo – Another thing, you, look at what the Saints. That's why when a lot of people say, "Oh, Redskins could have drafted this, make we could have drafted Michael Thomas." Who's to say we're going to let Michael Thomas even be featured in this damn offense? 
Where the hell was Jordan Reed at Monday night? He's sitting on the sidelines for half of our plays. And that's a guy who doesn't need to be on the sideline for most of our plays. This is a guy that you should be featuring in an offense. But we'll we'll let him shine one game. Then the next game, oh, we got to use more blocking, so we're going to put Jordan Reed here. No, you don't see the Saints do that with Michael Thomas or their guys. They they feature their stars. But we don't do that. Our stars sitting on the sideline because, for whatever reason, formations. And then I'm sick of when they ask Jay Gruden after the game, well, how come you didn't get this? Oh, I wish I would have got him involved. Did someone put a gun to your head and tell him you couldn't? <laughs> You're the coach. You can get this guy involved. Did you? You don't forget about Jordan Reed. You know, I don't think we started targeting him to the second half of the game. But that's why I say, you know, everything in football comes down to schemes and what's the word I'm looking for? I guess the fit, fit and schemes. And you just got to wonder watching the Redskins how some of these guys fit in, even with their talent, because we don't seem to make some of these guys fit in a lot of times. Well, <laughs> yeah, I had to cool off with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's – I don't know. Um, you got to have a feel for the game when you're coaching. You, you, you mm-hmm. have to look to see – what's working and what's not. The old philosophy is if it's working, keep doing it until it stops working. We've seen several games that something will work, we'll get positive yards yards from it, and then we go away from it. You rarely see it again. It's almost like, okay, are you guys happy because I did this play? Okay, let me do my own thing. you got to have a feel for what's going on. I don't know how many Saints players went down that first half and no reaction from the coaching staff or the, the how to scheme or what to do when that person went down. It's a chess match, and you have to have that feel. you got to pay attention to what's going on. I don't see that. that, that I don't see that X factor uh, when it comes in with Gruden and, and when it's time to game plan. Yes, you might go in with your 16 scripted plays, but you got to have something. If that scripted is not working or let's say somebody goes down or whatever, man, you got to have a plan for that, and I don't see that. And it's the opposite when stuff is not working. Well, let's just keep doing it again. I don't (laughs) – it it defies my logic with it, mm-hmm. and it's like, come on, man. You, I know you have to see what we're seeing, what the fans are seeing, what the announcers are seeing. Ex people who've played the game, you know, it just can't be one or two people not saying the same thing when the majority of the masses are saying it. I don't, you know, I don't know. It's it's just, it's it's rough, man. It it really is. You, you say your offense runs through two people, Jordan Reed. Chris Thompson, everybody else. We we get on Twitter, we argue, we debate. X Y receiver ain't getting these catches, and then you look at the game stat sheet. You see, well, the offense goes through Jordan Reed. If Jordan Reed goes down, then who knows what's going to go through that? But if you if your weapon, the guy that got you here, the guy that opens up things in your mind, is on the sideline, what are you telling me? Is he hurt? Is he not hurt? Did he do something you didn't like? You gotta, you gotta say these things. You can't go into the press or afterwards and say, "Oh yeah, I wish I should have did that." Uh, oh yeah, we're gonna work on that next time. As if, oh well, okay, I'm guaranteed to be here next year because this is just how it's gonna be. We we can't win games like that. And when stuff is working. Don't get lax and be like, well, okay, we're good. We'll just, you know, sit on this. Yeah, it just makes no sense, man. It, it, it doesn't. And, it's again, it's it's a trickle-down effect because the defense gets lax too. You have to scheme. You have to – if a player goes down, if a right tackle goes down, aren't you want, don't you want to move your best person that's going to get you the QB over there? No, we're just going to go run this same four-man front and – uh, get uh, Kerrigan getting the chokehold or whatever and hope hope that a ref will see it, acknowledge it, and throw a flag. We all know the NFL doesn't work that way. you got to go out there and handle your business. Last thing, and I'm going give to give these guys back to you guys because I feel like I've been standing on this soapbox for like 20 minutes straight. <laughs> Halftime adjustments. There isn't any. It's non-existent. 
They don't adjust when they're losing. They don't adjust when they're winning. They it's it's like, what are y'all doing during the week to prepare for your opponent? That and I'm out. That's, I, I throw this. <laughs> I'm gonna throw this potato back to you guys, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's just we we have to do better, get better, and for some folks, like you said. They don't have that. I don't think they have the luxury of time that keeps saying, oh, we're going to eventually do this. Like Jay Gruden, I don't think Jay Gruden is at the point now where he has that luxury. I mean, I don't think Dan Snyder cares much about the extension he gave him to 2020. He'll eat that money if he just keeps seeing the same problems and mistakes over and over. Like, we 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 had too many plays on defense where guys just didn't know where the hell they were supposed to be in a play or what play we were running, and they, they running a, something that someone else is doing. Like, I think the one lone pass where the Saints ran straight verticals on a third and long, Fabian Morales going into, like, he's running zone and everyone else is playing man. I mean, that's just a lack of communication, disconnect, and then you hit DJ Swearinger comes in at a press conference after the game again saying, oh, well, we had another practice where we goofed off, another week of practice where we didn't take things serious. And it's like, <laughs> really? <laughs> you know, you really I'm don't want to hear that, man, that. not after a loss. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this is the second time he said that this season. And he said it last year, too. So this yeah. is not new. You know, this is – what. what is the coaching staff doing? Thank you. you I know. mean – I, again, I have no problem with – I don't have a problem with players being vocal, you know, um, but it just seems to me that certain parts of the organization are just not on the same page, and it shows up, and it leaves us with even more questions, and it's like, okay, who's actually running the show? Because you're saying that there's disconnect, people are saying that there's lacks at practices, some people are saying that they're, they're not taking it serious. you got other players that are really putting their heart and soul on the table, and we've seen this before as Redskins fans. None of this is new. So, I mean, do you even look past the head coach and start looking at the owner and the GM and saying, hey, hey, Dan, hey, Bruce, you know, what's going on? You know, you, you see the, the attendance levels. You see Redskins fans, they'd rather get on a plane, uh, book a hotel, pay for their room and board, their food, and go and, and watch the Burgundy and go play out of state than to show up in their backyard. I mean, that is that is a big testament, at least from the fans. And I know the ownership and PR, I know they have to see that. And do you, you know, let's just say, let's just all, let's, let's end this segment at least on Jay saying, yeah, it, the, the, the hot seat is, is, is pretty hot. Let, I don't even want to say lukewarm. I want to say it's hot right now because we just see the same things over and over again. If if we limp, you know, because we haven't played any of our divisional opponents yet, if we limp into, let's say, a 7-9, and 8-8, eight and, eight and eight, either barely missing the playoffs or the rest of the division is just crummy and it, it continues that way, let's say we squeak in and get a first-round bye. I bet you dimes the donuts that that will give Jay a free pass to go and still be the head coach next year. And me being a fan, me being a fan as long as I've been, that's a very very tough pill to swallow because I'm going to expect these same things that I was hoping because of Alex Smith and Geis and this new attitude that I saw earlier in August to trickle into this season, I'm, you know, we end up seeing the same, you win, we get our chest puffy, we don't go in, focus, we lose. We say, oh, shoot, all right, we got to do something. We go in and beat another team, and then we do a bye for two weeks, oh, it's showtime now, and then we, we lay another egg. We, we've seen this before over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah, man, you know. So, Moving on, man, we just <laughs> got to get that sour taste out of our mouth, man. You know, we got the yeah. Carolina Panthers coming up this week. And like I said earlier in the show, this is a team where we just 
we haven't been able to solve that Rubik's Cube. And I actually had to go back and look at the um, the head-to-head matchups career-wise uh, that we've had against Carolina dating back to their expansion year. We actually won the first six matchups that we played, had against Carolina. And then from there, they won the last six out of seven against us. So they've dominated us. We, we haven't solved uh, Cam Newton yet. But this is a game going into it where, I mean, the Redskins – such a confusing team so far. I mean, we dominated two games this season, and then we got dominated two games this season. So which Redskins team is going to show up this week? Dama, what's your feeling going into this game? Dama, oh, he's oh, – hey, oh, <laughs> Yeah, all right, we got yeah, you now, so, Dama. <laughs> so, so my feeling going into this game is remember that a couple of years ago, the cold red game against the Tampa Bay oh, Bucks. We went down deep, and we ended up coming back. That was the you like that game. That was early in the season, I know. But I really feel like after a game like this past Monday, this game is going to really dictate not necessarily what type of team we are because we're young and it's still early, but this is going to tell a lot. It's going to say a lot about the coaching staff, the players, the heart. So I believe – you know, we really have to come into this game ready to play, not just from a football standpoint, but from a, you know, game plan standpoint, from a, you know, psychological standpoint, from an X's and O's standpoint. We really have to come into this game ready to play because, you know, Cam Newton and Kristen McCaffrey, they don't care about Monday Night Football. They, they're they trying to get their win streak on and keep doing what they're doing. So, we have to come into this game ready to play from all facets, D-line to the O-line to the corners to everybody. We really have to come into this game ready to play and ready to win. That's yeah. a good take, and, that, that, yeah, Exactly. That's a good take. Mm-hmm. And the, what, what I want to, I guess, add to that is something I had mentioned earlier, too. We have to see a sense of urgency this week. I mean, I want to see guys breaking their damn legs to get to a fumble if they have to. I want to see us just ever everyone going in to whatever their goal or whatever their role is for this week. I want to see them go 110%. You know, I don't want to see guys out there just going through the motions and, you know, bending but don't break. No, I want us to dictate the tempo from start to finish. I want Carolina to have to play our game. I don't want to play Carolina's game. We played New Orleans. We had to play New Orleans game, and we were nowhere as near as good as New Orleans at New Orleans game, which is fast tempo, quick score. That's not us. So we have to make Carolina play the way we want to play. We have to dictate things. Exactly. We have to play with a sense of urgency. You know, we have to want it. Everyone has to win. Mm-hmm. Everyone needs to know their role. Everyone needs to know what they're doing on the field, you know. So no more Definitely. lack of communication, no more mm-hmm. undisciplined football. Everyone needs to come together this week and play like they know how to play football and want to play football. Right. You can't go into Golden State trying to play like Golden State because you're not going to win. No. You got to go into <laughs> Golden State and play your brand of basketball. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sure enough. You just got to go. You got to go out there. First of all, you got to go out there and execute. Um, that first down is crucial for us. You know, that that first down sets the tone. Gruden said it best at the presser: "We are not a good team. We're not good enough to play catch up." Okay, if you are acknowledging that, then guess what? You better go out there, guns firing, the second the first quarter whistle blows until the fourth quarter is over. Doesn't matter what's the score. You have to attack. On offense, you have to run the ball. You need to run the ball. You brought in AP for a reason. Use him. I need to see Chris Thompson, the Chris Thompson that I saw before he got injured, to where he was having his coming out party, clicking. I need to see some of that. I need to see some misdirection. I need to see more slants. I need you and Alex to sit down and say, all right, Alex, some of that uh, run RPO, let's start feeding a little bit more into that so we are both on the same page. That's what I need to see on offense. Defense, I need to see gang tackling. 
I need to see mm-hmm. everybody communicating in unison yeah, before yeah, the snap. Yeah, yeah, flow to that ball. You don't like something? Mm-hmm. Guess what? That's what timeouts is for. Put your hands up and call a timeout so you guys can talk it over. Yep, That's you what three, you're supposed to do. That's what I need to see. And truth be told, I may be sounding like a, a crazy idiot for saying this, but every time I expect for them to win, they lose, and every time I expect for them to lose, they win. I expected mm-hmm. them, looking at the initial schedule, that they wasn't going to do good with Carolina for some because Cam Newton is just Cam Newton. But I got a feeling that I'm going to hear a players-only meeting or something the next coming days or something where these guys are sitting amongst themselves without the coaches and getting their head in right. I don't care if it's week five. To me, it feels like week 13, week 14. I need to see urgency. I actually think that they're going to pull a crazy-ass upset. I just That's just me, only because I expect for them to lose this game going in. So I hope they prove me wrong or my reverse jinx kicks in. But they do those things. They They got a shot. They have shown – with the two games that they won, that they can go out and beat a team soundly, playoff teams. We've also seen them lose horribly to teams that either you should have beat or, yeah, they got playoff playoff, uh, status, but still show some fight, show some urgency. You know, don't just get your your teeth kicked in and you're just looking to the ground for them while they just do the happy dance on your ass. Just go out there and execute. I'd rather lose saying, okay, we went out there and did our thing, but they was just too much for us. I hate losing where we get blown out because of bonehead plays, lack of urgency. We're not even going to rush up to the huddle. Oh, that's another thing. I need to see a lot of no huddle. Don't even wait for the defense to set up. Just impose your will on them. I didn't see none of that in the second half. Show me that this coming Sunday, and I'm like, okay, Mr. Gruden, your coaching staff, you guys just might have another chance. Again, it's still a week-to-week league. It still is. Yeah, we still have, mm-hmm. we still our record is better than the crummy other three. But man, things can drastically change within a two to three week period. You guys have seen and witnesses witnesses that because you guys are NFL fans just like I am. Well said, yeah. Chris. Well said, man. So I have a little. Not to, not to. Do we have anything else on the Redskins? I have another little subject. I like to bring it up, man. Bring it up. Hey, do your thing. So, going into the Washington Wizards basketball, you know, preseason we've been looking pretty good, showing a different style of play. So Austin Rivers recently he, uh, said in the interview, he said, you know, everybody's worried about the Celtics and the Sixers. Everybody is talking about them, but he said they, he feels like. People are already sleeping on it in the Wizards, and he feels like we are going to surprise a lot of teams and a lot of people this year. So what do you guys think on about that, about these Washington Wizards this year? Because I, I have a little take on that myself. Well, let me jump well, on this first because Dre is going <laughs> Dre is called Mr. DC Sports for a reason, and I'm, so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to let him anchor this one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for the team, not even because of Dwight Howard, but I, I think Austin Rivers is going to play a key role in this offense going into Definitely this year. Jeff Green. Uh, it, John Wall got got a little swag in him this year. I don't know. Yeah, he, 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 he does. It, it's something about something's going on with John that's going to going to shake some folks, and and I'm, I'm pretty excited for yeah. Mm-hmm. What you think going on with him? What, what's really stand, what's standing out from about John Wall to you right now, Chris? John Wall seemed to me like he got one of this. This this is this is my team. This is my show, and I I don't mm-hmm. care what anybody else think. I don't care what the critics think. I don't care where I rank amongst other point guards. Mm-hmm. I'm about to go out here and show y'all how it's it's like. He got that I don't care attitude. He's going to go out there and make some noise. And I think that's going to benefit a lot from uh, mm-hmm. the rest of the offense, especially with Bill. You know, a lot of people Definitely. think that they, they got this on-again, off-again uh, relationship. 
But, man, them two dudes, man, they're closer than a lot of people think. And they just mm-hmm. want to go out there. They got the same mindset and everything. And, and I think Wall Swag going out there with with, Bill, with, with uh, Bill's Common, like, you know, got that low under the radar top thing, but he goes out there and shoots lights out. I think going in this year, especially with the big guys they got in there now, they're going to make some noise. Ooh. And for real, truth be told, the conference is theirs for the taking. Wide open. So wide open. Wide so open. I'm, 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 I'm excited, man. I'm excited. But I'm going to let Dre. I'm, Dre, wrap this up for me, man. Tell, tell me what you got for the Wizards. I'm going to touch on it in a little Yeah, I mean, with the Wizards, I had to um, – I kind of took a break from them this offseason. I needed a mental break from the Wizards because – that last season just was so disappointing to me for them to finish the eighth seed and go out the way they did, you know, regardless of John Wall's injury. I mean, but I still felt like we were a little bit too dependent on John Wall a lot of times. But it it always came back to one thing with me for the Wizards, and that's Ernie Grunfeld. Like, I'm just not an Ernie Grunfeld fan, but I can't take that out of the players because I do love the players. I'm a big John Wall fan, big Bradley Bill fan. I love Otto Porter. And but it just seemed like every off season that I will witness us make these signings that we end up hating and end up having to trade for with along with a first round pick just to get rid of a bad Ernie Grunfeld signing. So I was a little reluctant and hesitant to kind of embrace the the off season moves that he made. Um, and Austin Rivers, I was like, eh, okay, we'll see. You know, I guess they have been needing a combo guard off the bench. and then, But I, I like Jeff Green. I always love Jeff Green. He's a Hoya. And, you know, I'm always going to have Hoyas near and dear to my heart. So I love that signing. But then Dwight Howard, that was another eh, signing to me. And then I see he's having these back issues, and we don't even know when he's going to be ready to play this season. And this may be something yeah. that actually affects him and bothers him all year. But – with that said, Ian Mahimi looks improved. I've been watching preseason a lot. Um, a lot better. Yeah, I mean, he, he got a three-point shot very now. Good. Yes, yeah, he does. Yeah, he added that to his arsenal, which is, you know, hey, if you can knock that down, that's great. I mean, we need him to start doing something because his contract was pretty ridiculous. Um, <laughs> I'm not a Marquise Morris fan. I'm not, I, I, I haven't been a Marquise Morris fan the day that we traded for him. And watching Jeff Green play in the starting lineup the other night, it, it just said to me he just looks so much better with the with the other with the core group than Marquis yeah. Morris in my opinion. And because Jeff can put the ball in the floor, he makes great decisions with the basketball. And something about him and Otto on that court just does something for me, man. You know, just to see two Georgetown greats playing in the starting lineup in the NBA together and. I had my reservations my issues with – yeah, exactly. And I had my problems with um, JT3, even though, you know, I loved what he did coming into Georgetown. But one thing I can always say about JT3 is that he, he he wanted a certain type of basketball player. And these basketball players had to be smart basketball players. They had to learn how to play off the ball. They had to make great decisions. And you just see that with Otto and Jeff both on the court at the same time. And they complement John Wall and Bradley Bill so well together. And I would just love, hopefully going forward, that Jeff can kind of jump into that starting role at the four, man, because I just feel like that offense flows a lot better. And I did like seeing the lineup combinations that Scott Brooks was playing around with. Like he had a three-guard offense with Austin Rivers, John Wall, Brad Bill, Jeff Green, and Otto. I love that lineup right there. I mean, you could play fast. Those guys can score, and they're going to make good decisions. So, as far as their outlook, in my opinion, on the season, in the Eastern Conference, as Chris said, it is wide open and it's there. If this is, if there is any year for them to say, hey, we want to be taken serious, we want to finally get past the second round, this is the year. And like off the river, said teams are talking, everyone's just talking about Philly and Boston and the East, but Wizards do have a chance to finally make their mark in this Eastern Conference. Definitely, and yeah, the the guy John Wall, I know he's coming to the now. Usually, he would come into the to the the season. He have a little weight on him. He have a little, you know different things going on. You know, he's he's lost some weight, but he's toned up now. He's toned up, and then he has the braids going on, and that's giving him a little bit of swag. <laughs> I don't know what it is about the braids, the AI braids, but 
This guy, Wall, he looks even more explosive. And the number one thing about this preseason that I've been loving about Wall is that he's not holding the ball. He's, it's not like a mellow yep. type of game yep. anymore where when he has the ball, it just stops. He's progressing the ball. Of, like he's, holding the, he's not holding the ball. He's moving the ball. It's constant offense. And then Scott Brooks said they made it a point coming into this year that the goal is to get the ball over half court and as fast as they can. So even after the other team makes the shot, you can see if you notice from these preseason games, the Woods, they've been pushing the ball up court like they had a fast break. And that's a bonus because John Wall is the fastest player in the league with the ball in his hands. So it took, I guess it took him this long to realize, oh, snap, maybe we should just play fast like this the entire time. So now you've got – they had a lineup where, like, Jeff Green was at the five and Otto was at the four and – you had Austin and Bill and John, and then there were other lineups. You had Ubre come in, and then I like Keith. Keith looks very – he looks – it's a little different this year because he's a little – he has competition, and he's not like that guy at the four. It's not like Marquise Morris at the power forward. No, there's Otto to play the four. Jeff Green to play the four. So Marquise is able to play his role. He's not – his three-point shot is looking amazing so far. You know, you got Sadoransky. We are very deep. And the style of basketball looks like we'll be playing is a very good style. And the crazy thing is we don't have the, our big dominant Hall of Fame center hasn't even played yet. Now, yeah, he has back issues, but he's been having those back issues for years now. That's I'm not worried about him. This is preseason. Scott Bush is just saving him the legs and back for the regular season. And when he come back, and we're looking like this right now. Oh my God! When Dwight comes back, and then you have Ian Mahimi. He's a presence. He's been a presence this this preseason. Even on the offensive end, there was a play not of uh, the last game against the Knicks. He had the ball on the the baseline, but he was a little up. He was, and he was like near the three point line. He took the guy off the dribble, like literally off the dribble with the left hand. Took about three dribbles and laid it up. And I was like, whoa, and then he shoots threes now. He's looking like a presence. He's lost some weight. So I feel like this Wizards team, I feel like they're, they, they're looking very hungry right now. They're looking like they're very each other. Like they've been around each other. This is it. We didn't add too many new pieces. We have the same amount of core, not just the three people, Otto, Bill, and Wall. We have Sadoransky, Jason Smith is looking good. And you just add pieces on that's going to, that we're going to be able to utilize, and I love it. When the other teams go to their bench and we go to our bench, our bench players could be starters on most teams, and then you could switch in the starters with those bench players. So I'm, I'm, I cannot wait until the season. You you will catch Domo Row at a, at a couple of these Wizards games coming up. Actually, a lot. Of <laughs> I cannot yeah, wait. No, it's, it, it, it should be interesting to see the Wizards this year. And then you got um, Bill. One they, more thing. You got Bill doing everything. He's When he first came into the league, it was like, he okay, he's a shooter. Now, oh, my gosh, I wish you could have If y'all got to have YouTube, go on YouTube, type in House of Highlights and look at Bradley Bill's game. It's evolved. It's like when he first came into the league, the way he's playing now is I couldn't wait until four years down the line to see the prime bill. He's shaking and baking and going behind the back and the layup package and the step backs and all of this is crazy. So I'm very excited. And Otto's aggressive also. Otto's aggressive. So I cannot wait to see what we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, definitely. Wait, it should be interesting with the you know the Wizards and um mm-hmm. I see the night they had their um the final tune-up game pretty much for um preseason. They got one more game against uh, some Chinese team, but I don't think they the starters will probably play much of that game as they won't be needed. But I see they went um for a lot of minutes tonight. I didn't get to watch the game because it was only on uh, I think Monumental Sportsnet, and I'm not paying Ted Leonsis to watch any game, so I just <laughs> seen a of, uh, <laughs> I seen a couple of clips online where John Wall was looking, I guess, amazing last tonight. He had 32 points and about nine assists, so and he sealed the Ooh. game on a jumper. So, yeah, he, he pretty much killed the Pistons tonight. And um, But, yeah, I mean, Bradley Bill looks like a different player. He's a father now, and, and you know, he's added – every year he adds something else to his game. And he even looks more lean himself this year. He looks like he's in great shape. I've been seeing him be aggressive, do his thing. Otto, of course, yeah, he looks much more aggressive, much more confident now. Um, and – 
that could be attributed to, to some things. I, I follow him on Instagram, and I see he got himself a little girlfriend now, so, you know, she might be helping him get a little yeah, bit more is, confidence, you know. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Right, but it, it, the Wizards, it, I, I'm I'm interested to see how they come out. The next week is their first game of the season. Next Thursday they play against the Heat, so we'll see. You know how they come out, how they look. They, and that's a team too. The Heat has been pretty much improving, and um, I believe. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the Heat actually finished above the Wizards last year um, and went to the playoffs. So that's a team that, you know, it'll be a good test for the first game to see where the Wizards are at. And, of course, for me, I'm still waiting for college basketball as well to get started with the Georgetown Hoyas, see how they're looking this year. They just had their midnight madness over the weekend. So they got some guards that they're going to unleash on the world this year. Man, so sports is about to get really interesting. So if the Redskins want to act up, you know, hopefully these other teams got something in store for us, you know what I'm saying? But hey, well, you know that's that, that, that's how you do on a DMV. If the 495 yeah. is jacked up, you just jump on a, you jump on I 66 or something else and keep it going. So let oh, the Redskins keep laying those eggs. We we switch it up to college yeah. and pro yeah. like it ain't nothing. <laughs> but we we ain't giving up on the Redskins yet. You know, I mean, as a bad game, and as they've shown this year, roller coaster. You know, two great games and two just straight up duds. So we about to wrap this up soon. But before we get out of here, fellas. Predictions, Carolina Panthers, what's up? Uh, what so you got, I'll go first. I'll go first. So, Carolina Panthers, you know, I'm going to predict, you know, the Redskins are going to come out and we're going to we're gonna start the game with the AP show. I'm gonna, I really feel like we're going to – Jay Gould is going to show that he's learned from his mistakes from his last game. He's not going to start off with Chris Thompson doing all of his gadget plays. No, we're going to ground and pound this game away. Let's start with AP, and our defensive line is going to do a good job keeping Cam Newton in that box, and our corners are going to show up. So I have us winning this game by a score of – I really believe this is going to be a defensive game. So I'm going to say 17 to 14 wins is my prediction. I'm with you. That, that's the exact score that came in my mind, Domo, when I looked at the lineup and the matchup between these two teams. And, you know, Redskins, to me, they're going to be Jekyll and Hyde. I don't know who shows up to play, um, but if, if if Mr. Hyde shows up, then Redskins definitely going to win. I got them – I actually got them 21-17. I actually got them going doing three touchdowns. And it will be a close game for sure because uh, – Panthers can play physical too, so it's it's going to be who wants it more. So, um, but I I got Redskins squeaking by this twenty one seventeen. And me, uh, I think it's going to be an ugly game, and it's just um, because I, I look at Carolina Panthers, and one thing that stands out to me is they they run the football. They they are the, actually the leading rusher team in the NFL right now. So between Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey, those guys, man, they are going to pound the ball in the ground, and they kind of make games ugly. So Redskins have to come out, like I said, play with a sense of urgency. They have to show they want it. But at the end of the day, I think, like Damo said, it'll be a defensive game, but I still see Redskins. And I'm going to pick the Redskins just because I feel like at some point, you got to be on the right side of things. And losing the last five games, something has to break. So I'm going yep. Redskins 23-21 in this game. Now, not, I mean, mm-hmm. three field goals from Dustin Hopkins, and we win. So 23-21 for me. <laughs> That's my boy, okay. Dustin Hopkins. Yeah. We, we, we all got so, this being a close battle, so. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I don't see a blow. Hopefully, not a blow on uh, at least on that. I, I, our side, I wouldn't mind us blowing them out, but <laughs> for the most part, yeah, I see a close game with this. But yeah, fellas, it has been a pleasure doing another show. It was great, man. Talk of Redskins, even if yes. it was you know a lot of venting we had to do, <laughs> and we yes, got sir. some wizards talking there. So hopefully, the future is looking up for us, man. We need some good things to start happening with the sports in the city. And oh yeah. Any final and, words for y'all? And Dre, let the, yep, and Dre, let the people know where they can find is uh, find our show right now, man. 
That's right. Thank you for pointing that out, Dama. We are now on iTunes. All of our episodes are now on iTunes. Uh, every episode will automatically be uploaded on there, and you can find it at yes, DC sir. Sports, The Final Cut. So all you have to do is search that in iTunes, DC Sports, The Final Cut, and all of our episodes will come up. So you can find us on there. Yep, we'll no excuses. Yep. Nope. Check us out, fellas. Check us out. Check us out, ladies and gentlemen. On our social yeah. media accounts. Yep. And, that's, <laughs> that's, and you can check us out true. at... Um, me at Mr. DC Sports Senior Damo, what's yours? Mine is Damo Rowe, D O M O R O W E, Twitter and Instagram. Hey, Chris, you know me, Chris underscore worthy underscore. Don't forget the underscore yeah, after dude. each name. And if you don't follow <laughs> Chris Worthy, oh my God! After I make both of you guys, I make sure I go to you two guys' pages before anybody, <laughs> especially Chris, because his fan interaction is. The greatest oh, of all time. Yo, man. Chris alone. Hey, people, leave my boy Chris alone, man. Y'all give my man too much <laughs> hell on Twitter, man. <laughs> man, I come in, man, Mr. Positive Sunshine. Man, it's a black hole on that platform sometimes, man. They be coming at me. I mean, it's all good. I love the fans, you know. Y'all just keep it coming. But, man, y'all, y'all got to give me a break or let me come in and do my response because y'all be ready to pounce. Like like my like my name is Bruce Allen. I wish it was, but uh, you know how it goes. We don't have we don't have one minute to give your uh, WTF fan of the week, do we? Before we leave, then we can leave off that. Oh, oh, we can do oh that. yeah, 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 yeah. We're gonna throw this segment in. I forgot. I'm, thanks for doing. We can do those at the remind. end. We can do those type of things at the end. Yeah. So at the end of our show, we're gonna do a little little segment called the Redskins fan Twitter WTF fan of the week. And you, you already know it's self-explanatory, i.e., what the hell do you be talking about when you're on this joint? And the fan that I've been looking at for the past couple of days has just been uh-huh. acting straight bananas. Uh-huh. Rawlings, A82. Uh-huh. Check him out on Twitter, Rawlings, A82. When you mm-hmm. first check out this dude, the dude's avi is the devil's stern of cauldron. So you already know right off the bat, you enter in the danger zone. My man has to be one of the saltiest Redskins fans I've ever seen on, on Twitter. And I've been on Twitter like for a minute. That's the Gator guy. I mean, this dude goes after anybody and everything. Yo, don't have your kids get online to Twitter and go look this dude up, man. He'll 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 he he knocked him out, man. I mean, this dude was talking about <laughs> Vic Beasley is better than Trent Williams and Brandon Sheriff combined. And once I saw that, oh, I knew this shit. was going to be a fun ride. And I see fans <laughs> going at him. I, I laugh at him myself. But this dude, man, off the chart. So, mm-hmm. Rawlins, A is an apple, 8-2. You are our Twitter fan WTF of the week. <laughs> Shout out to that I, I, I'm glad I haven't had the pleasure of I'm sure at some point he'll probably come to my page and get blocked or something, so. Yeah. <laughs> I get enough of him as it is. I can just add him to the list. <laughs> but, yeah, it was great again, fellas, man. Thanks again, and don't be that guy. We do not want to see you end up on that WTF list. I mean, I'm sure I got some guys I can throw out there if need be. I'll have yeah, one. Like I said, yeah, Damo might have somebody for y'all next week, but there we, we are there we go. out, and we had a great <laughs> show. It was a great time. Hope y'all enjoyed, man, and hope y'all had a good time with us. Peace. Hey, man. Hail to the Redskins. Let's get this victory on versus the Panthers, and let's just keep it rolling. Yes, you sir. did. Let's go. Yes, sir. Later.